Hello and welcome to another episode of the Kingdom Conversations Podcast. We want to thank you so much for tuning in to this latest episode. We really appreciate all the support that we've been getting, everyone who's listening. We thank you so much. Um, We're just, you know, doing this for the glory of Elohim, for the glory of the kingdom, to help spread his message. So we pray that you continue to listen and we pray that we continue to bring so much uh, information and light to you to help your life. Um, and to just help, you know, spread the kingdom message throughout the world uh, as it is our mandate. So once again, thank you and shalom. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Kingdom Conversations podcast. We thank you once again for joining us on this amazing day, night, afternoon, uh, whatever whatever time of day you're listening to us. Um, I'm Octavian Fulton, and once again, I'm joined by my co-host, Derek Anderson, Jr. How are you doing today, Derek? I'm blessed and highly favored and happy to be able to share my gift um, of speaking and um, continuing in my pursuit of spreading the kingdom message. How's that? Sounds generic. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just playing. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, it's just another um, amazing day. Um, just another great opportunity for the spread of uh, the kingdom mandate. And we say this all the time that this podcast is just um, a great outlet uh, because, you know, a lot of times you feel like you go throughout the week and it's probably not a lot of people that you can, you know, just fully uh, talk to or fully you know, express or have conversation with about, you know, kingdom topics and things like that. You know, we're always liked throughout the week uh, for everyone. You know, we share our thoughts and ideas and uh, the concepts of the kingdom throughout the week. But to just have a platform where you can just fully lay out what's on your mind and the things that you see uh, is amazing. And I'm I'm sure there was a, I got a notification once that you know, there are people who are favoring the podcast. So that's amazing that people are uh, actually doing that, um, you know, coming back, actually liking it, hearing it and want to continue hearing it. And, you know, it's just a blessing and an honor to be able to do that um, to help in Elohim's mandate of uh, making the world uh, in the image and the likeness of the kingdom. Most definitely. We shouldn't take any of this lightly. I know that we don't, but uh, anything that you're doing in order to spread like to spread truth in order to spread, you know, the kingdom mandate, see it as an, you know, as an honor, um, because it's really a stepping stone a lot of times in order to some greater that you can do. Or even if you're just affecting one person, you don't know how many people that one person can go and affect because we understand that it's not about us, but it's about the the glory of Elohim. It's all about, you know, making disciples. It's about um, us working together for one vision. So it's never just about us and, um, you know, even just going out and talking to a family member and just watching them because I've seen it. I've actually seen that happen in my family. Uh, I've been able to, you know, talk to somebody and they'll come back and say, you know, man, you know, you really helped me out then. I'm like, I don't even remember what I told you. But... (laughs) I understand what I said was something that helped them and it came from uh it didn't come from me but a lot of times it come, I, you know I give something from scripture I'll you know I'll see in their life what it is that you know um a gift that they have that they're not using you know to help someone in the right direction 
So never counting is like, you know, being able to share the word. Exactly. Um, it's definitely an honor. And it's, it's just great to, you know, see uh, people's uh, reaction to um, finally getting some type of light in their lives, some type of, you know, truth in their lives. Because, um, you know, I'll listen to people sometimes when I'm watching, like, um, you know, an interview or some type of article or um, anything. And I'll listen to people like somebody, the interviewer asks a personal question. And sometimes the way people answer questions or sometimes the way people word things or say things, you know, it's like, for example, somebody will be writing a book about something or someone will just be on some type of, um, what can I say, mission to do something. And it's like they'll ask them like, hey, so what made you do this or uh, what's your vision for this or what's your mission for that? And it's like the way people are worded or say it or the way they're trying to describe it, it kind of seems like they really don't have an answer for it or they really don't know what to say or they really just, you know, don't even really know what they're doing um, and things like that. Or just at the minimum, they don't know how to express themselves. And um, the thing about that is it's just like it makes me think like, man, you know, people really aren't around in an, or in an environment or around an environment where they're actually being taught, where they're actually being, uh, where they're actually discussing like things that matter in life, where they're actually, you know, sitting down and actually want to meditate and actually learn, um, you know, principles, concepts, precepts, you know, things that actually matter in life, you know, um, you ask somebody about their, their, what, how is it like being a father or, you know, raising their child, the things that they want to give to their child. And they'll just say, you know, generic things like, oh, well, you know, it's just great being a dad. Uh, you know, it's just great to have someone that I could raise and, you know, I could grow up and teach them great things and be a great person in society and things like that. And it's like, when you hear, for me, when you, when I hear generic stuff like that, it kind of makes me think like, man, does like, he really know what his purpose is. Does he really know what his son's purpose is? Does he really know his role uh, in his son's life? Does he really know exactly what it is that he's, does he know that he's a pattern in his son's life? Does he know that, you know, you're supposed to be a spitting resemblance, a pattern of what your son is supposed to be doing. You know, the things that, that you ought to teach him, you know, and stuff like that. So it's great to just shed light in people's lives because, you know, you could in this world, people don't get it a lot. But many of the things that they talk about is just, you know, what's the next uh, party? What's the next game? What's going on here? What's going on there? you know, and stuff like that. And it seems like the only time people really start having deep conversations is when some type of tragedy happens or something like that. So it's great to just go out here and be a light to other people. Oh, most definitely. Um, it's actually refreshing because, you know, in scripture it says um, those that refresh others with themselves be refreshed. And one thing that I think about is just like how, you know, I remember times that I'd be down that, I feel like, you know, there was no reason to live or just be in a state where I'm like, it seems sometimes that um, I'm just going through the motions. And then someone will, will come and tell me, you know, they're basically reaffirming for me something that I already know to be true that Elohim has revealed to me. And what that does is it's like, you know what, I'm actually in the wrong. And in times like that, I actually have to 
repent. I have to say, you know, Father, forgive me for not uh, holding on to the faith, for not uh, believing the promises that you've given me. Because, you know, if we look at Abraham, Abraham held on to the promises that uh, Elohim gave him, even though he was, you know, so much older. And thinking about, you know, how old he was and, you know, being promised a son, you know, uh, how many of us think that we can have, you know, a child in our old age or would actually want to? But one thing about Abraham is that he understood the father's promises and he believed that he would do what he said he would. And that's why Abraham today goes down, you know, in, in the uh, faith hall of fame. So, you know, being light is something that even, you know, Yeshua told us that we're to be light of the world. And, you know, you don't take a light and, you know, you hide it. You take a light and you put it somewhere high or you put it um somewhere where it can be seen so for us it is really that as believers we are to be the light of the world and we need to be seen because you have a lot of believers who are like uh ostriches as soon as they get scared they just stick their head in the ground but that's not the way we're supposed to be it's not saying that you know you go out and voice um scripture and speak the word to everybody Nah, I mean, there are different ways to reach people, and we have to understand that as well. Um, but it's all about um, being who people need to see. We understand that as being the light of the world, that we have to spread the kingdom message. And in order to do that, we have to be seen. You know, we can't just sit at home and just re receive word, receive this, receive that. It's not all for you. Like I said before, it's all for glorifying Elohim. In order to do that, we have to be in a state to where we can show that the lifestyle that we have um, is pleasing to him. So when people see us, they should actually see Elohim. They should see evidence of another government inside of us. That's definitely true because we understand what comes with the, the kingdom. Uh, it's actually a new culture. And when you look at um, America, let's just take America, you know, a lot of things are normal, normalized. Uh, people don't think twice about it because that's what's normal in the culture, because that's what's allowed in the culture. But uh, with being kingdom citizens, we have our own uh, culture. Uh, we know Dalet um, is spelled Dalet Lamed Tav, and that Lamed and Dalet. <clears throat> Excuse me, that uh, Lamed and Dalet is basically letting us know about uh, being governed. You know, it's it's the picture of a shepherd's staff and a shepherd is one that governs the flock, uh, teaches the flock, leads the flock, you know, basically caters to the flock. Um, and one of the definitions for Lamed is uh, govern, government. And we know with a government, there's rules, law, rules, laws and um, principles that um dictate uh the people in that government so um when they see us you know we have a different behavior pattern we have a different way of living we have a different way of doing things uh, we have a different way of carrying ourselves and uh when people of the world come in contact with that you know some uh, a lot of times it's just automatically them knowing like it's something different about that person it's something different about that guy you know um and people really need to see that because in the world today is just so much conforming to what's, you know, popular right now. You know, sometimes I'll look at, you know, uh, music is always a hot topic in this culture, um, in the worldly culture. And a lot of times I'll look at, 
you know, uh, when we used to listen to music artists, you know, back when, uh, back in the day when I used to listen to rap music a lot, um, the, the people who were mainly the major rappers and stuff back then, they carried themselves a certain way, you know, the baggy jeans, the, the big shirts, you know, um, fitted hats, um, you know, and things like that, they carried themselves a certain way, but now you look at those same, um, rappers today, and they they've conformed to the way the culture is now. They're wearing tight pants, tight shirts. Um, you know, some of them wearing dresses. You know, nowadays, and even those people, they just conform to, you know, just how the culture changes and stuff like that. So, you know, for to see how the world changes so much, but then at the same time, they'll look at us kingdom citizens and see we'll stand the same. You know, full of integrity, um, staying the same. We're not moving with the latest fashion, you know, when I do, and that's, you know, some, uh, sometimes I'll see that, and, you know, these popular churches nowadays that their fashion is, you know, they, they styling better than the people of the world in the church, you know, nowadays just moving right along with them, you know, shoot even a step ahead of what they wear. So, you know, to see the true kingdom citizens not change and not conform out, you know, I'm not showing skin. I'm not trying to show you all my muscles, you know, I'm not trying to wear the latest tight pants just because that's what's in right now. I'm not trying to do what y'all are doing just because that's what the world say popular right now. You know, it's someone out here that's governing this culture that has an agenda. You know, even the kingdom, it has an agenda for its governing rules, and that's to maintain holiness and who Elohim is to, to us to be the, the image and likeness of Elohim. So you have to think there's someone out here with an agenda that is changing the way that this culture is moving. You know, um, there is a reason that a lot of the men's dresses and uh, I mean, a lot of the men's wear is seeming like it's headed towards more what women's fashions look like. You know, there was a picture of Beyonce. Uh, I saw that, you know, the top of her uh, outfit was like a man's um, tuxedo. But then as it goes to the bottom, it's like it transforms into a woman's dress, you know, and it's just like it's a reason why things are shifting like this. And it's a reason why at the same time they're trying to make things like homosexuality, um, you know, being a transsexual, you know, all these different things that they want to do with their sexual identity. It's a reason why all these things are pushing in that direction. It's an agenda. Someone's pushing an agenda. And we need to be able to sit back and actually look and question instead of just following along with things. Because, yes, the blind can lead the blind, but they go right into a ditch. So, But it's true, though. Um, it, it's a lot of conformity going on. Like you were saying, like rappers in, they had their style. And now that it's changing, they're just sticking with the trend. And one thing that we know is that the world is constantly changing. But one thing about the word is that the word never changes. And that's one thing that, you know, people have an issue with. Now, one thing is religion does change. Religion <laughs> today will accept one thing, but, you know, didn't accept it back then. Um, like, you know, uh, years ago, it was OK to own slaves. And many people, uh, you know, they used the Bible back then in order to justify it. But we know that that word that they translate that is really just a mistranslation that it was used to fit um those i guess you would say um the christians then agenda because slavery years ago was was okay but today is not and it just goes to show you that 
religion will change with the culture. But we understand that the kingdom never changes. If slavery was okay, why would Elohim deliver his people out of bondage? So just things like that we have to think about, like Octavian. Hey, man. <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> Too much truth. Yeah, I just say amen because, you know, people <laughs> use that excuse of saying like, well, the Bible uh, says it's it's OK to have slaves. And it's like, well, why did Elohim free them? Right. And it, it's things like that we have to look, you know, we have to um, we have to really think about. And a lot of times you hear in religious churches that, you know, don't ask no questions. Just, um, you know, go with everybody. Saying. And that was the, the issue that I actually dealt with was that my wife um when i was going to church she started asking questions and i'm like i don't know how to answer none of these i'm like all i know is you know praise the lord get saved go to heaven that's all i have been taught anything else we just take the bible verbatim for what it says but one thing about the bible is that it's a translation and we don't even have all the books because the bible means book of books so i was in a state of ignorance trying to help somebody who didn't know anything so i am so grateful that I found a ministry, a teaching ministry where I could be, um, I guess you say, inducted into a school of thought. Or I should say even just be inducted into a school where I could learn, become a student and um, get some teaching to have a foundation in order to grow not myself, but also my family. Because one thing that I know about religion as well, as it constantly changes, uh, positions, roles of men and women change. Because like Octavian is saying now, they're trying to fade the lines. But we understand that, you know, it was the vision was first given to man and man was to go out and dominate the earth um, because that was what Elohim gave him. And then once the man had a vision, then Elohim gave him a wife, gave him Mata Izaniga to help him complete the vision. But so many times today they get so... Um, construed because we've been fed so many lies and so many um things that just go with mainstream theology is continuously passed down based off of what people thought it meant but you know there was no revelation of the holy spirit yeah exactly and that's what we used to uh you said that you used to take the scripture uh verbatim for what it says um yeah, we used to do that a lot, too. Just read it like straight from the text. Just take the content, you know, without trying to take too much context. We just take it exactly for what it says. And um, a lot of that, you know, um, is just the result of religion because religion um, is one of the strongest, um, you know, forces. And, you know, I always say it like this. If um, there's one Elohim and, and Yeshua came and, you know, died for our sins and stuff like that to put us in our right position and things like that. You know, um, when you look at it, it was a lot of different religions that was, uh, you know, attacking Yeshua because of the truth that he uh, brought. You know, you had the Pharisees, the Sadducees, all the different um, scribes and lawyers and things like that that uh, hated him for the message that he was bringing because what he brought was original truth. And it didn't line up for what they was teaching. And there's a scripture in Luke where they were saying, you know, it's good for uh, the masses that one person die because they was trying to get rid of Yeshua because Yeshua was going out and bringing so many people into the truth. And they were realizing that uh, the Pharisees and the Sadducees and all the different religions were wrong. 
that they the uh, they came together and was like, hey, man, if this dude keeps doing this, we're going to lose our spot in our uh, favor with the government. You know, see, they were working with the Roman government for uh, with the power they had to control the people, and that was getting benefits from the government. So, um, with Yeshua, you know, he can't. He was preaching one truth. He was preaching the kingdom. And if there is, you know, one with one Elohim with one agenda, why is there all these two hundred thousand, you know, religions? All these people saying this is the way you do things to get the Elohim. No, this is the way you do things to get the Elohim. No, this is the way you do this. This is the way you do that. And I mean, it was filled with so many man-made rules that they had made up. They had nothing to do with Elohim. They was even coming, you know, up to Yeshua saying like, hey, man, why y'all ain't washing y'all hands before y'all start doing this stuff? You know, like, why y'all not keeping what the elders are telling y'all for to do? And he's like, well, you talking about we ain't keeping with the elders. Why don't you keep what Elohim told you to do? You know, and that's because they had got so far off into just doing what this religion had set up for them to do. that They had fallen off for what they was really supposed to be doing as far as to make Elohim satisfied. So, um, you know, you got all this Catholicism, Baptist, Pentecostal, Church of God in Christ and all this other stuff. I just never, you know, you, you just kind of have to sit back and stop and just be like, you know, if we worshiping the same person. Why is it that we got to have all these multiple different churches to do the uh, to worship the same Elohim? Like, why is it that, you know, we can't just come together if we're all worshiping the same person and band together and come together as a community in whatever area that we're in uh, to, you know, um, do this? I've, You know, correct me if I'm wrong, DJ, but I, I believe when Kepha went to I mean, um, Sheol went to an area. And he made a church. He didn't make no. He didn't make any different, you know, um, denominations. Everybody in that area, it was just the church at Ephesus, the church at uh, Antioch, the church at when he came and taught. Everybody in that city came together. You correct, sir. <laughs> so you know, it, it, all it is is just you know somebody saying Pentecost of the um, what was it? Um, the ones that uh, broke off first from um, the Catholic Church. Uh, which one was it? Um, Protestants. Protestants. Yeah. The Protestants broke off and said, no, we don't agree with that. We, we think of it this way. And then, you know, I know Church of God in Christ came from Pentecostal because um, I forgot the guy's name who started Kojic, but just said, no, I really don't agree with the too much that way. We. You know, let's come and make Kojic and we go do it this way. You know, just what I think, what I think, what I think. And let's make my own thing. Like, well, what is the Holy Ghost saying? So, mm -hmm. um, yeah. So that's what I have to say about that. Now, that's good. And you brought up um, one person I actually wanted to bring up was Sheo Paul. Uh, one thing about him, and it's kind of going off topic, um, but... If we really look at his life, you really look at Sheo as far as, you know, people like to bring up that he persecuted. You know, many people say he persecuted Christians, um, but we know how that term Christians work now because um, back then they weren't called Christians. Um, but I'll just say believers. He persecuted believers. And one thing about him is that he changed. Sheol completely changed. He became an apostle and he didn't just wake up one day, you know, go from 
uh, persecuting Christians to being an apostle. Like Sheol studied for 17 years. So we understand that change is a process. And he also studied and studying is not something that's being taught in a lot of uh, churches in America today. It's only being um, pushed, you know, how you should live. And basically, it's a lot of being a good person, but that ties a lot into humanism. And that's something that we have to be careful of. But one thing that I want to point out about, about I'm sorry, about Sheol changing was that, you know, his how his thought process had to be. Because, he I mean, he talked about how he was the least deserving um, of, I guess you would say, Elohim's grace. But he understood that where he was now had nothing to do with, you know, where he was then. Because in order to go to where we need to go, we have to release the mindset of what we did in the past. If you're still holding on to what you've done in the past, you're only hindering your future. And one thing about change, we know that change is not easy and it's constantly. It's every day. You have to work on yourself every day. And as long as you're looking at, you know, what you did and, um, you know, how you fail, you'll never get to where you want to be. Because is it's all about allowing the Holy Spirit to change because we're not doing it by our power. And we know that. We're doing it by the power that works in us. And in order for that to work, we have to constantly submit. And I'm saying all this because this is a process that needs to happen. I really need some scripture to bag myself up on this. And I have to do that next time. But I'm, I'm giving a lot of generalization. But it, it's a lot of things that we do, as, as some believers will do. They're very, you know, we're very, I myself, very hard on ourselves. And as long as you're continuously hard on yourself, you'll see no progress because you're always holding on to what you're doing wrong and not looking at not what you, you know is what you can do, but it's what the father can do in you. So same thing with Shale. I mean, he took someone who um, was totally against the um, kingdom message and then started to start, you know, <laughs> I tell you, just said going to different churches and correcting them. So it, it's needless to say that. He can't use, you know, he can use anybody and even he can use the worst of sinners. But it's all about a, a change. And, and what a change takes place is in the mindset. And once it takes place in your mind, which, you know, that's what repent, repentance really is. Repentance is changing the way that you think. Once we change the way that we think and we know that can happen by spending the time in the word, spending time in prayer, because we have to look at what we're constantly feeding ourselves. If we're constantly um you know, listening to, as Octavian talked about, you know, rap music, listening to um, different talk shows and things like that that are feeding us these. And that gets into our belief system and that can make us who we are in order to become who Elohim wants us to be. We got we have to change what we're what, what we're um, what should I say? What we're meditating on. And a lot of times what you meditate on is what um, you hear constantly. So that's one thing that we really have to be careful of. And um Elohim, we have to understand that Elohim wants us to prosper. Um, but that's all I had to say on that. Yes, Elohim um, does want us to prosper. And a lot of times, it's like you were saying, uh, we need to be able to let stuff go. Because really what that is, is just not being, able, not being able to forgive ourselves. And when you're in a state of, like, for example, if you're in a state uh, where you need forgiveness with Elohim, that means you're not right standing with Elohim when... Um, you know, when um, Adam did what he did, uh, he had activated the law to where he needed to be, uh, Yeshua needed to come and die for him to put him back in his right positioning. 
because um, as long as he was in that state, he wasn't going to be in the right position uh, with Elohim, and he wasn't going to be able to do exactly what Elohim had called him to do, to go out and uh, be in right and righteous dominion, because we never lost our dominion, but we had to go back and be in uh, our rightful dominion with the Holy Spirit back on the inside of us, governing us. And until that happened, we wouldn't be able to do what Elohim wanted us to do. Same way if you're not, not forgiving yourself, you know, when you're not forgiving yourself and you're holding something up over yourself, you're not allowing yourself to um, get back in good graces. Because, uh, you know, Elohim says, how can I forgive you if you don't uh, forgive someone else? And that can include yourself, because if you're putting yourself in a place where you're just not forgiving yourself, you're holding yourself back from where you need to go. You're holding yourself back from um, your future. You're holding yourself back because all you can do is sit there and feel guilty about what you've done, what you've done. And when you put yourself in that spot, um, you you're activating a law to where the enemy can come and he can go and, um, you know, rule in your life um and how he's doing that is just constantly getting you to feel guilty guilty every time you possibly got some new coming in your life any like even some possible blessing you just i don't deserve this because i did this i shouldn't be there because i did that and you know um the enemy has uh fooled you and gotten you to a point to where you're just activating laws to tarnish your own life to destroy your own life and Elohim's just sitting there like, if you could forgive yourself, then I can take you and do what I need to do with you. So um, that's a, I guess I didn't give too many scriptures. I gave probably one or two, but there goes um, a little bit more on it. But you're definitely right, man, because, you know, us as uh, fathers and husbands and just men in general, I'm, you know, we've, I'm pretty sure we both have experienced this of just, you know, um, feeling guilty because you feel like you have this kind of goes into one of the uh, topics that I want to talk about. But, you know, with, with being a man and learning all the things that you have to do um, that Elohim has called you to do. And the thing about it is, is um, it's hard. Sometimes it's hard to really just sit there and and you can accept that I was built for this. But sometimes it's hard to to want to walk in like uh what you know that you're built for because we're we're born in this culture to where it's just so easy to just say i don't want to do that oh i can't do that you know i'm not them i'm not that person so much doubt you know that um you end up down what you were created to do you know you you end up down what's already on the inside of you that's just waiting to come out and um you know uh with that uh with all that responsibility, you know, sometimes it can kind of just seem like, man, it's too much. It's too much. But the Holy Spirit uh, is here to govern you and lead you into, you know, um, doing the things that you need to do. All you have to do is allow him to um, let you do that. And sometimes it's really just as simple as just getting out of your own way. You know, um, a lot of times, like, say, for example, like, you know, everybody, you know, has their things that kind of like can set them off of their pet peeves or whatever. You know, that could be something happen and immediately it could like, you know, make you mad and you want to pounce and get angry and all this other stuff. But if you could just, you know, stop, realize what you're doing and just say, you know what, father, you know, I'm gonna let you handle this because I know how I'm going to handle it in my own self. I'm going to get mad. I'm going to flash. I'm going to. I'm going to get mad. I'm going to flash. 
I'm going to, you know, do what I know I'm going to do. But if I could just sit back and tell the Holy Ghost, hey, you know, you got this. I'm going to let you do this. You give me the words to say. You know, it's just that simple. Just, you know, speaking it. You know, um, we have life and death in the power of our, the power of our tongues. You know, um, our words are powerful. You know, Elohim in the beginning, and, you know, we're made in his likeness and image. We're, we are to use our faith the same way that Elohim um, uses his faith the same way he believes that he gets stuff done in the beginning when he wanted to fix the earth, when he, he spoke to get it done. You know, the father, uh, the father, um, what's the word I want to use, ordained it. Yeshua, the word spoke it and the Holy Spirit uh, made it happen. So those words cause uh, the spirit to move and things happen. Teach. And, that's the, and that's the same way that we do things, you know. Stop, sit back and say, hey, you know, I'm not going to do this. I know how it's going to happen. Holy Spirit, you do this and you take this over and then you give him the authority to go and do it. And, you know, it's that simple. A lot of people make this stuff out to be like some, you know, some spooky ritual or something that's impossible to do when. No, it's just as simple as just speak. That's the teacher right there. Somebody out to uh, go ahead and ordain it, boy. <laughs> <laughs> you completely right i don't even know how to follow up with that because i mean you explained it um and really a lot of what octavian is 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 saying it comes from studying it comes from studying the word it comes from constant submission um because i know some people are here there and just like how do you get all of this um well one thing is really coming under a teaching ministry um and if y'all would like to know our ministry it is eof casey go on youtube um and on facebook periscope we on all of those this is a quick shout out but one thing about what octavian was saying was that you know the holy spirit governs uh if we allow him to govern us which that's what he is he's the governor on the inside of us uh many people don't know this because i saw somebody actually post this and i felt like it was kind of out of ignorance they were saying you know yeshua has to come inside of us and work and i'm like no it's the holy spirit that comes in us yeshua is the word um but that comes from really just ignorance not knowing and there's nothing let me say how should i word this ignorance can be changed but a spirit of rebellion is something that has to be really uprooted because that in order to feel ignorance, you just get knowledge and knowledge of the word, which is what Octavia was expressing. He understood the knowledge because once you have the knowledge, you're able to live it out. And that's wisdom. And we take that wisdom and we use it in order to live a righteous life, which is in right standing with the father, which is what he wanted in the beginning, um, which was Adam to be a reflection that, you know, that's why we um, we call him father because we're here to pattern ourselves after him. He's our source because we understand that as um, speaking on terms of, of men in the earth, that they are fathers. They are the sources for their families. And that's what Elohim is to us. And we, we understand that as being fathers, I'm kind of taking a different turn here, that we're leaders. And one thing that I wanted to point out was that what we're missing a lot of today is leaders that are accountable. Because if you look at a lot of people in the media, um, even people who 
I guess you would say are in activist are that are activists. It's almost like you'll find some dirt on them somewhere. A lot of times, you know, I I don't agree with it because it's like they're pulling stuff from 10, 20, 30 years. Um, you know, and we all understand that we, we change as we get older. Nobody's the same as when they're 12. But one thing about le- some leaders is that they don't understand that they are accountable in the positions they're in. One example is our president. It's almost like no accountability. He said one thing and then he'll come back another speech and he's done this and said, well, those were just words. So he he just blatantly stated that he's not accountable for things that he say. Those are just words. Words mean nothing. So he can say whatever. Um, and that's one thing that we have to look at today because Elohim is going to hold us accountable when it comes to us in the, um, what is it? The great white throne judgment. We got to hold account for everything that we've done. And we understand that, you know, being believers, we're also leaders. People look to us and that is, it's a lot of that missing in the kingdom today. Because, like I say, you know, Trump was one example, but then you have others there in the media who, if somebody done committed infidelity, just, you know, you see it every day. You know, somebody had a child out of wedlock. It's like, well, they're messing up so I can mess up too. As believers, we're not look, to look to them as examples, but we're to look to, I guess you would say, uh, kingdom examples. Look at Yeshua. Yeshua lived a blameless life. We, I mean, we can even learn from those that made mistakes in um, Scripture. Me and my wife were recently talking about this because we look at people in Scripture, and a lot of times in religious churches, we'll see them just as perfect. You know, um, Moses was just this, this great person that did this. You know, um, who else was there? You know, you had Solomon, King David. But, you know, a lot of times we don't talk about their faults, how they how they did things that caused them to fall. And what we ought to do is to learn from those. You know, Moshe did things out of anger. You had David who did things out of lust. Um, Solomon, same thing. You know, Samson, um, he you know, he wanted a woman. Um, so that those are things we have to be careful of. And, and the point I'm speaking on as leaders is that when it comes to accountability, uh, is believes we're held to a higher standard because we're ambassadors of the kingdom. And, you know, like I said, I stated before that when people see El, uh, us, they should see Elohim and we're a reflection of him. We're a reflection of the word that, you know, we've been meditating on, of the Holy Spirit that's leading and guiding us. And one thing that, that the father wants us to do is to give up our lives and show people how to be accountable in the earth so there can be less of what's going on. There can be less corruption, because if we really looked at um all the things that are going on, you will actually see that there are people in churches who are looking past these things that these people in the media are doing. You know, Trump, uh, you know, he's he's just an example I'm using. He's lying and and different things like this. Well, you have somebody who would love to invite him to their church. How can you have someone um, who's a liar come to your congregation and speak to your people who he's not even held accountable for the things that he's saying? So that's what I had to say on that. You're definitely right that there needs to be some accountability because one thing that I, uh, I recall or that I can uh, think about when I look at Yeshua is that Yeshua wasn't scared to call people out. You know, um, those Pharisees and Sadducees was coming up on him and he was uh, straight up telling them, no, you, you're not no child of Abraham. You're your dad of the devil. 
you know, in front of everybody, you know, uh, calling people out and stuff like that. And that's the thing about it. I, uh, when you were talking about like how people, <clears throat> you know, in the um, churches, they ignore things, you know, um, if we're supposed to be, especially shepherds, if we're, uh, if you're supposed to be a shepherd of a, of a flock of a people of a ministry, and you don't speak on the things that's going on out in the world to make sure that your congregation or your people are, you know, um, seeing that these things are taking place and that they shouldn't be evolved, why it's wrong, and this is what's going on, that you need to be uh, recognizing this. Because really, you, you, I mean, either you're working with them or you're trying to avoid it because you, you're scared because the scripture tells us that, um, you know, we don't condone evil, we expose it, you know. You know, we call it and say what it is that that over there is evil and we shouldn't be messing with that. And, we, you know, we call it out as we see it uh, as is governed or uh, told to us by the word. So um, there is a lot of people, uh, ministries, churches and things like that. They don't like to speak on things and stuff like that. Um, you know, they've had pastors like uh, T.D. Jakes come out and just say, yeah, there's room in the church for the homosexual community now, you know, Um you know, uh, times have changed, you know, we can live in, uh, peace and coordinate and, you know, you're sure it's plain. If you're not with me, you're against me. So how, how are we getting along? You know? So, um, and also there needs to be, uh, when you're talking about accountability, accountability and leaders, um, that is one thing that's needed because, you know, I, I don't want to be led by anyone that you could say one thing one day, and then when you're catching heat from it, whether you're right or wrong, you're changing and saying what I say don't matter. Like, so, well, if what you're saying doesn't matter, why am I here? You know, <laughs> if if the things that you're trying to convey to me don't matter, why am I listening? So um, that's definitely true that there needs to be some type of accountability, accountability because uh, the father holds us all accountable. Everything you do, everything that you think nobody has seen is going to be opened up in, the, uh, in a book one day and exposed. Like, you know, there's angels keeping record of us and everything that we do. Um, and even um, I forgot which book it is. It might be Revelations. And I know I read it in a book um, in the Apography where it says that um, Elijah, Moses, I think it's Elijah, Moses, and um, DJ, who was the uh, the first guy to be uh, raptured? Enoch. He's going to come Enoch, back. Yeah. Yeah. He's going to they're going to come back on Earth when it gets really, really bad. And uh, Pastor talked about this today when the Antichrist is on Earth and everything. They're going to be the ones that come back and going to speak out against the evil that's going on. So, I mean, if if you sure did it, they're doing it. You know, right, the righteous are doing it. Why aren't we doing it right now? You know what I'm saying? And that's just another form that the enemy has put in religion to just let his message slide on by. Because, you know, if the, if the kingdom citizens aren't saying nothing about it, then, you know, he getting away scot-free. You know, so that's what I have to say about that. No, that's true. And one thing about Satan is that his, his biggest trick, um, if we look at the beginning, was to have people accept a different doctrine. And um, one thing that I, and I used to say this all the time, you know, his biggest thing is that he doesn't exist because the way he appeared to, to uh, Mata Izaniga, he appeared to her as an angel of light. It wasn't a snake. He appeared to her as an angel of light, presenting a different doctrine, a different way of living 
and uh they accepted it that that's what they did and that's how um the open heaven that they were living under was you know it was shut up they no longer had access to that and they were um thrown out of the garden you know the garden was order it was um the the open heaven that they were living under and one thing that the old serpent does uh you know even scripture tells us to be like uh to be shrewd as a snake it, it was really making reference to his nature of who he was um he was very crafty he was very cunning and we know that he used music in heaven in order to draw a third of the angels um and then you know he there he was perfect you know elohim made him perfect and in Satan said within himself that he wanted to be like the most high Elohim. So we have to really look at him and understand Satan to see what it is that he's trying to do in our lives. Because, you know, growing up, I was always taught, you know, if you think, I just said, if you think there's an evil spirit around, just say in the name of Jesus, what do you want? But um, after getting some knowledge, if you read in scripture, he only wants three things to kill, steal and destroy so there's no reason to ask what he wants because we know that what he wants to do in our lives. And the thing about it is that, you know, we have we actually have the authority um, over Satan and his minions. We have uh, authority over serpents and scorpions. But it's us knowing now if we know we have that authority, then we'll use. It. And that's one thing that, excuse me, the old serpent doesn't want us to know, because if we know that and we know our rights, Octavian said, and I was going to touch on it earlier, he brought up a word law. <laughs> and we know religious people hate that word. You can't bring up no law around them because you bring that up, then you got to hold. Then it goes back to accountability because if you're not keeping a certain standard or rule or law, if you're not keeping that, then you're falling short. But and then you know they like to say, well, we all falling short of the glory uh, of Elohim. But the thing is, is that you don't keep doing it. Scripture says, you you know, as believers, we don't make a habit of sinning. We don't make a habit of rebellion. If we do that, then we fall after the old serpent of Satan because that's what he does. He lives in rebellion. And he he um got the um what is it the, the other angels to do the same thing to live in a state of rebellion against Elohim, his his established order, his established covenant. So once we understand that we have, once we know our rights, let me say that, then we can use them to our advantage. Um, I give you an example, you know. There are a lot of things that like I used to play basketball and there are rules in basketball. I can't think of one off the top of my head, but I know coaches would exploit them in order to gain an advantage um, on the other team. So you will have all players sitting out of bounds and then they'll run in or you have one player run out of bounds, get the ball, pass it in to another while he runs in once the ball has been taken by the other player. But, you know, people look like, you know, is this legal? Is, is that right? Can you do that? But it is. If you look in the rule book, you understand that what these, you know, they're, they're calling like trick plays, what they're doing is actually legal. But because those that don't know their rights, they don't understand that they could do the same thing. So once we know our rights, then that's when we become uh, a threat to the old serpent, because he understands that he can't have a foothold on, uh, on us because we're the one that gives him authority in our lives to do whatever it is he, he needs to do. Because um, if we are it's about let me say it like this if we give up our rights um to allow him to influence our minds 
then we are allowing him to change and influence what we do. So we have to spend time in the word. We have to spend time with the father. We, you know, it was one thing when Monster Easy Net, you know, she saw him first. And she was the one that spoke to him. It should have been Adam because Adam was the one that Elohim gave the commands to. But when we see him, we need to be able to address what is going on, what he's doing, and uh, be able to exercise our rights. Our king, let me say this, our kingdom rights on earth. You know, a lot of times when people say that stuff like, oh, we're not under the law anymore, you know, that we're we, we, we not with that law stuff, I'd be like, oh, okay, so since you've become saved, Elohim has given you the um, the pleasure to become lawless. And we know the scripture basically says that, you know, um, you know, anything lawless, you know, is not with Elohim or, you know, of Elohim at all. You know, and 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 it, it's just funny how people like to sit here and just, you know, play Elohim like he's silly. Like when every day we have our own self-governing rules that uh, we oppose on ourselves so that we can, you know, stop ourselves from doing certain things. You know, some people say, I like to be in the house by eight o'clock because, you know, ain't nothing good happening after eight. Well, that's a self-imposed rule that you put on yourself that allows you to um, do something that you would call positive. You know, some people don't eat certain things after certain times. Some people don't, you know, uh, what's something else? Some people, you know, make sure they drink at least a gallon of water every day. You know, we put these imposed rules on us because when you uh, live a life where you're governed, governed by a certain set of rules and you're not just out here all willy nilly doing whatever, you have more order in your life. You have more structure in your life. You have more, uh, you know, um, positivity in your life. And, you know, people are, are do that in, them li- in their lives. But for some reason, just the Elohim is different. You know, it's, it's just, you know, confusing. But a lot of times people just, you know, aren't able to see. The scripture says that uh, everyone knows that Elohim exists because everybody has seen his his invisible um, attributes. And that's true. If you just if you just look around the world, um, you know, if you look at the plants, if you look at the animals, you know, the trees um, grow, uh, sprout leaves at a certain time. They shed at a certain time. They start growing back at a certain time. You know, these governed laws that the plants are governed by, you know, there are, there are butterflies that travel um, all across North America at a certain time, you know, and then they do it all over again at a certain time. You know, these, these governed laws and rules that they have on themselves and that allows them but to be able to um, positively uh, function in life or, um, you know, um, what's another word I could use? You know, um, I mean, they're designed as governed by laws. So um, when you see things like that, you see how the earth works. I mean, the, so, uh, the solar system, you know, they are governed by a set of laws. There's no other if the if the uh, planets were just out there in space doing whatever they wanted when they wanted to, they would have been collided. There would have been some catastrophic stuff. We'd have probably had multiple meteors, you know, um, attacking the Earth and stuff like that. But no, they're under the they're under a governed uh, track of laws that tell you that you rotate like this, you rotate like that. 
you rotate like this and it keeps order in the solar system to where we can constantly keep on, you know, living our lives for all these thousands of years that we've been here on the planet to where we don't have to worry about what's going on out there in outer space because that's governed and controlled. And Elohim wants the same thing for our lives, you know. So that's what it means when you see his invisible attributes. One of his invisible attributes that we see every day in our lives is that he is a um, he is an Elohim of order. And where there's order, there's laws that govern to make sure that you have that order. You know, I mean, when you go to your job, they that your job even understands, even schools understand that you have a certain set of laws or rules that make sure this school or this place of business uh, functions properly. So, you know, we can't just sit here and think, you know, oh, everything in this life is governed by rules. And once I get born again, you know, that's that's not the case anymore. You know, as long as I get saved, I'm going to heaven. And that's not it. You know, um, we're here to teach the kingdom message. And where there's kingdom, there's, you know, a king's dominion. And with that dominion, you have some rules that govern the people in that kingdom. So that's what I have to say. Amen. <laughs> but I think that's all the time we have, Octavian. Well, uh, I believe so. So uh, thank you guys uh, once again um, for listening to the Kingdom Conversations podcast. We appreciate you so much. And is that one last thing that you wanted to say, uh, Derek, before we get out of here? Oh, yeah. Um, one thing that I can share is, to, you know, to really define what the kingdom mandate does. I mean, is and I even kind of expressed it is to um, bring heaven on earth, to bring the culture of heaven on earth, to be to colonize uh, the earth, not to allow the earth to colonize us. Because, we know, in Bereshit Genesis 126, uh, Elohim gave Adam dominion to uh, dominate the earth. In every circumstance. So we actually have the um, dominating force in us in order to overcome all circumstances in the earth. And that is the kingdom mandate, not just to get born again to go to heaven, but to get born again, come into the knowledge of truth and bring heaven on earth. Okay, we thank you for that last bit of uh, um, last words that you had, Derek. So um, we thank you guys once again for listening. And we will see you next time on the Kingdom Conversations podcast. Shalom. Shalom.